0: Hello everyone, welcome to The College Blend. My name is New. I'm Alyssa. And we have a very special guest today, Dr. Bradshaw. How's it going? I'm
1: very lucky to have him today. Hope everybody had a great Fourth of July. Um, It was a nice week off for everybody. Um, So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I wanted to talk about how to Just be really prudent with your interviewing skills, um, what to do, what not to do. Um, I think Dr. Bradshaw is a good guest for that. He has a lot of experience hiring, um, hopefully very little experience firing, and uh, also in in management positions also. So anything you want to start with as far as things not to do?
2: Well, um, the thing that you should never do is not being prepared. So I think that should be the main theme is to do your homework and to do your homework and to do your homework. <laughs> look so. up the
1: company and make sure you know what they do and what they're about.
2: At the very least, yeah.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Nice, nice. Well, actually, right before that, so before you even start an interview, what, what, do you, what, what are key things you look for in a resume and cover letter um, from, for, say, students or uh, like a possible prospect? Yeah, well, um, what employers
2: are, are doing is they're trying to find people that are going to be a good fit for the, po- for the position that they are advertising for. And so whenever you see a job advertisement, there's going to be two different types of descriptors. And they're usually separated within, like, a different paragraph or something like uh, that. And um, these are the job descriptions and the job specification. And with the job description, that is where the the employer lays out the task, duties, and responsibilities, or the things that the person that gets that job is ultimately going to be doing on that, uh, well, within that position. Right. And so... And so you want to pay very close attention to that and then beyond that you want to look at the part that's called the job specification which talks about the knowledge and the skills and the uh, abilities or the things that they are looking for in someone um, that they that they feel is going to be a good fit for that position right and so you want to look for a language that says things like um, you know this you know the person that we are going to hire is going to have three years or more of this type of experience or yeah, you know, the the person that we are looking for is going to have this type of degree, or this type of, uh, or this much education in this part, this
0: mm-hmm. particular
2: area, and so those are all just things that um, that are put in there to make it easier for the person engaged in the or the person doing the selection uh, process, and that they might have fifty, a hundred, or two hundred applications or resumes, and so they're going to be looking for anything that. They can find that's going to make that that pile shorter or smaller, right. and so and so anything that that stands out like right off the bat that they can just cross out and throw it into the trash. That's what they're going to be looking for. So that's the first thing that you really need to make sure is that your resume or your application make sure up front that you nail all of those things that they are looking
0: for, but, so that they won't just throw it in the trash right away. Right. Well, to piggyback off of that, for say, what if one of our students who's listening or someone who's listening doesn't have the required gears to, to meet it? Should they still apply or? Um, if you're missing like one or two things, but you think that uh, that
2: you have some some strengths and some other areas that okay. might kind of overcome that, right. then by all means, go for it. OK, but yeah, just uh, make sure that you. Um, that you are prepared to talk about that if you make it to the second stage, which, which would be the interview
0: process. The first interview process, right? Unless
2: there's a test too, so there's always
0: that. Right, there's all, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so you made it through. Now you got to take your test, do all your screening before you even get into your interview. And that Mm -hmm. weeds
1: it out a lot too because Mm -hmm. if you have five candidates you've done interviews with but only two pass the test, your job just got a lot easier. So I think tests help hiring managers a lot Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of, it can be annoying if you're the one applying because you're like, I meet all your requirements, really? But it, it helps them to see who's the best fit. Usually the questions are fashioned in a way that really, encompasses what the job entails they're always really specific every time i've done one so i think it it can be a great tool for them too so but there's no way to study for that really so you're kind of just like if it's basically like are you a good fit or are you not i mean you know
2: there are some ways that you can prepare and um and and again like uh looking at the job specification part of the job of the job listing or the job advertisement whatever you want to call it um and like figuring out how you can tailor your pitch or so that you're gonna nail every one of those things that they are looking for. And you also want to be able to, to really not only nail how you have the knowledge, skills, and abilities that they are looking for, but then also be able to tie those into the task duties and responsibilities of the job that they list out. So if in the ad for the job, it says something like, you know, you're gonna be doing X or, or you're gonna be doing Y Um, then you need to say, well, because I have this type of knowledge or this type of skill, um, I can definitely take care of this or that that you mentioned. That would be the task duties and responsibilities associated with this job. So you definitely need to do your homework. And in this case, it would just be the bare minimum of making sure that you know every part of that job ad and that you can speak to every part of it and kind of mix and match what you're bringing to the table with what they say is that position is going to need. Yeah,
1: and with the test positions, sometimes the ones when you have a test, sometimes those uh, job duties are so specific that you kind of have an idea of what you're going to be tested on. Like I've seen, um, sometimes they'll have the degree of math you need. They're like, you need to know circumference. You need to know this and that. Those are things you'll be using every day. And then you can kind of get the general idea from that. That may be something you're tested on. Look at those formulas. And that does give you somewhat of an idea. um, But I think as far as being in the interview and having the chemistry be right, that can be huge too. Because if they don't feel like they click with you, they don't feel like you're going to like meet the expectations of the culture that they have. And I think you can get weeded out really quick if that doesn't go well Mm -hmm. beyond your uh, academia.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's also something that should be part of your homework is trying to find out as much as you can about the culture of the company that you're uh, applying for. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially because that can even, um, Dictate like how you're going to dress for that job, for that job oh, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: interview. So, so I have a, uh, so I have some friends that work for tech companies in the Bay Area, and they tell me that if you wear a tie when you come in for your for your interview, then that's going to reflect poorly on you. Really? Like they you think you're nice, too uptight. Like they, they d- want
1: you to be more creative-minded and yeah, exactly. open.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they basically just want you to dress like kind of like a slacker.
1: That makes sense to me for that type of job because I think they want free thinkers.
2: And then for and, and then for other jobs, you definitely need to wear like a suit and tie. Yeah. And, and so so you have to figure out like where in the, where, in that range between slacker, and suit and tie that you're that you're going to have to to kind of be. So like, in my in my first real job after uh, college, after I attempt for a, a while, um, I, I got like kind of an, an entry level uh, technical job with uh, Lucent Technologies, which used to be part of um, AT and T. And there um, I had to wear like khakis and a button-up collar shirt, and that was it. And there was one guy who showed up in a three-piece suit. Wow. And, so the, and so normally that would be a red flag, but they were so desperate for people that they went ahead and hired him but from that day forward, that guy's name was Three Piece, and so uh, so you have to be very careful that you make sure.
0: What's that up, Three Piece? That's exactly,
2: that's
0: exactly what it was. Wow, that's hilarious. So I, how I kind of see it is, you know, like interviewing and getting, you know, hired on a job is almost marketing because you're marketing yourself out there, and you got to know your audience. Oh, totally. And by knowing your audience, like Doctor Wood, Doctor Bradshaw was saying, you got to know your homework. You know, you got to do your homework and really figure it out. And that's why I was saying, you know, if if you're in business, you don't know what to do do marketing because marketing is everything oh yeah uh, and said, you know y- your resume is basically your news flyers that you're sending out to your customers and then the interview process is you pitching yourself out there so I mean doing your homework and getting everything nailed in exactly what they need for and what they're looking for is I, I would say is key um, but a little bit before that doc uh, dr. brush I want you uh, give yourself a little background so the audience know exactly who you are what oh, you yeah. do and uh, <laughs> yeah. where, so that wasn't just been? like whoa, What's this guy talking about interviews for? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. Well, um, this is uh, I'm starting my, my third year here as an assistant professor of management. Um, I'm mostly teach at the California State University, Stanislaus Stockton Center, up in Stockton, and um and so, uh, be, before I came here, I wrapped up my um my my PhD in organizational behavior and human resource management at the University of Missouri. And uh, before that, I earned a, a bachelor's in psych at Virginia, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, before I got my master's, uh, I worked for five years in the tele- in the telecommunications industry, um, uh, three of which I was a manager with uh, Lucent Technologies. So,
0: nice. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Well, this will roll right on to the next question. What are key things that you look for during an interview?
2: Well, the first thing is uh, that people dress right. Right, that they are dressed appropriately. So
1: you like you would rather have a tie than well, for you.
2: Again, it would de- it would depend on the job. Yeah. So
0: doing so, your homework exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then um and then the uh, the second thing would be um, that the person is prepared and that they and that they have definitely worked on their pitch, and that you can tell that their pitch has been tailored for that job and for that company. And that they're ready, and that they practiced it, and that they're ready, and that uh, people uh, people coming in for an interview they need to be high energy, but not too high energy.
1: Yeah, that, you don't want to think they're a total spaz.
2: Yeah, and so and so you have to kind of like walk a very fine line, and finding like that right kind of level that where you want to present yourself. Right. But um, but body language is extremely important, and that you don't want to walk in there and slouch. You want to make sure that you maintain good eye contact as as much as you can, and you and you want to have a clear, calm voice, and make sure that um, if you're nervous that you don't start start talking too quickly, and too also, loudly. Yeah, or too loudly, or too quietly, or you know you just that can to, make it weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so you definitely want to practice. And one thing that can help with with uh, with practicing is to kind of set up. Um, if you have one job that you really want and you can, and if you have the time and the ability to do so, if you can kind of set up some throw, uh, what I would call throw away jobs, mm-hmm. where you, where for you can. For practice. For practice. Exactly. So she basically you would be going in and doing a practice interview with a real job and you might end up getting it and liking right. it.
1: Right, you might end up with that one. <laughs>
2: but that can, um, you know, but that can be a real help too, is to practice, practice interviewing with your friends. And also if you can, uh, kind of get out there into like a real situation. So, and I also think that sometimes the HR club here will have a practice job interview days too. So.
1: Oh, really? Nice. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah. And it, it kind of piggybacks too. like, like what Dr. Brashaw was saying. It's so nice to have just jobs that you kind of don't really want, you know, and kind of go through that because for say, if you messed up on the first one, you know what to correct for the second one. Mm-hmm. And long before long, you know, you're going to get a job offer because of so many things you messed up on and so many things you've corrected that got you there. And you want to make sure that the one you want's the last one. So that could be, you know, for say, if you go into the last one, they don't want you. Well, you still got A and B that accepted you, but the one you really want then. So now you have more options, and it's always best to have more options, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you apply, you should never just apply to one job. I mean. No. I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole eggs and one that's basket thing. That's like shooting yourself thing. short, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, actually, when I was younger, that that was always kind of my main goal. Like whenever I had, whenever I had choices, like if I had mm-hmm. a choice between two jobs or between two classes or two majors, I would always say, like, well, which one's going to give me more options? Right. right. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to expand my options. But then there's a point where you reach later on where you have to start narrowing down your options. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: you eventually have to go for the low hanging fruit. Like in some cases.
2: Or focus and decide like where you're going to be an expert. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Like right. this
1: is the one thing I really care about, and that can take a long time. Mm-hmm. That can That's take a like few school jobs, too, right?
0: Like you know, you're you're under. Pick Grad will be like right. just to get your foot in the door. Masters kind of narrowing and then once you get PhD, it's like down to the fine mm-hmm. atoms oh, totally. of things. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, and something else that I, that I also wanted to to mention is that um, the main thing that you need to keep in mind when you are preparing for an interview is to chill, because
1: right. chill everybody, just chill.
2: Because if you have gotten one, that means you are already ahead of the game. And so that you so relax, relax, breathe. <laughs> yes.
1: Eat before you go. Relax. <laughs>
2: yeah, and also um, uh, make sure that that you get a good rest the night before the night before. Yeah. So me personally, I've never slept well the night before. Like That's hard. A, kind of like a yeah. crucial yeah. crucial mm-hmm. interview, mm-hmm. but um, but doctors and and other health professionals that I know have, have told me that it's the sleep that you get the night before the night before that is the most important.
1: Two it, nights before really
2: yeah because you can um, because you can kind of go without sleep the night before and still be able to function but if you but if you don't get a good rest the night before that which is actually much easier because you're usually less like stressed out and right. nervous about it um, then that's really going to help you out on that. That's
1: such a good tip when you have time, like when they tell you ahead of time. And I've noticed a lot of the more organized corporations will say a week from now is the interview or or whatever it is. But there's been some other places that it was really like, well, what are you doing right now? Like when they call you and you're like, "Um, because you don't want to say no, because then that's a bad that's starting off on a bad foot. So I've done that where I've been like, nothing. I have no excuse. Like, I can come right now. (laughs) And -hmm. then you just have to kind of... But I think they give latitude for that because they know they asked you in last minute. So I would hope that they would say, yeah, that wasn't a perfect interview, but they had no time to prepare. So... I think it can go both ways. I think it can be good even when it's on the spot and then other times it's like you really have to prepare for those high-end jobs like that. You really do.
0: Or they might have just shot you last minute because they went through the whole pile and no one was qualified. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's like, and in that like case one you're hour it's left. like, uh, let's see who we could get in the door. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have a lot <laughs> so you of never free time. Know. You show up and you did half as you know half as good but it's better than anyone else. Heck, you might just get the job. You
1: and know? how far should that go with doing research? I mean, I know people who have looked at the facebook of people who's going to be hiring them or things like that to see what they're interested in like Mm -hmm. tv shows and things like that things that have nothing to do with the job um, just so the conversation can go well or they can throw a joke in there that will kind of set them apart and i don't know is that going too far because you're looking at someone's personal hobbies and things like that and using it to your advantage or is it free game because they've put it on the internet i don't know well
2: my first thought is that, yes, it is free game because they put it out there. It's public, yeah, but then uh, my second thought too is that you want to be authentic,
1: yes, you want the connection to be good, yeah. like authentically good, not wear out in a few months because you faked it
2: <laughs> exactly and so um and, and so I think it's very important to be as authentic as possible yeah. within the within the interview, and in that you and that you want to be as honest as possible, but without revealing too much you know you don't want to get into like TMI territory too much information (laughs) and that
1: can get that can get blurry when you start throwing jokes out like that or talking about their personal life then it invites you saying things about your personal life and you might say something kind of weird that you didn't Mm -hmm. plan on saying I think it can really backfire (laughs) that would probably be a way that that would be negative well not only
0: that like you know a lot of employees are looking at your social media accounts before but what oh, people yeah, they don't totally realize is they look at it after as well so whatever mm-hmm. you post on after you get hired could still affect you mm-hmm. I know so many people who got fired for posting things uh, and they may not realize they may work for a big corporation they're like oh no no they're not gonna look at it but then they hashtag like their name and stuff and obviously the company is gonna you know their PR and everyone's always checking so they're gonna mm-hmm. find it one day and when they do you know
2: well, yeah, uh, real quick. <laughs> Thankfully, most uh, social media now has like privacy settings. Yeah, right? remember and we talked so about that
1: in business ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, and so you should definitely be using those because um, when I first started teaching in like two thousand six on Facebook, there were no privacy settings, and it had
1: just started back then.
2: And my school didn't have pictures, like didn't have a database of digital, of digital <laughs> images of. Of, of the people in my classes mm-hmm. so sometimes when I was trying to figure out who somebody was I would just look them up on Facebook and that was like a minefield so like you don't <laughs> and so you don't um you one you, you don't want to put things on social media that can come back and bite you oh, yeah. and if you have you want to delete them right. and then moving forward you should be very careful about that right um, um I would say even for me personally I even go so far as to like to be careful about like what I put on social media about like my political views and absolutely. things like oh yeah and mm-hmm. things like uh and things like that but um you know y- you y- you just want to make sure that that you're not going to be uh, shooting yourself in the, in the foot with your social media
0: use absolutely yeah like well that's that's a lesson learned for me because I've gone through that and- I've done it, and, you know, even my employer came up to me and was like, hey, what are you doing, dude? And really? Yeah. Well, no, it was an incident that happened uh, within the town, and then I mentioned the spot that I used to work at in my post, and he was right. like, dude, you shouldn't even do that because they're not correlated at all. The incident and the establishment had nothing to correlate, and I was like, I sincerely apologize. I didn't mean to offend you, so I deleted the post, and ever since then, I was like, well, you, one thing, you never put two two different things in the same sentence because well, it's just Well, that was big of you
1: same. to delete. I think that was...
0: Well, absolutely. I wouldn't leave that on. (laughs) Yeah. Probably the next day, you know. I
1: I think that's good to, like, take someone's feet back and be like, oh, wow, like, I will take that down. Because there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, I really want to share this article or something. But then I'm like... I don't know. Like, I know people are going to like check this for jobs like in a few months or like now I'm applying for internships right now as a senior. So I think that if somebody has different views than me, I think whether they mean to or not, it creates a bias. Even if they really are trying not to, I think it's there psychologically. So mm-hmm. I don't want to create that barrier. So I'll just, I, I try to stick away, but it's hard, especially I, lately. I think <laughs> like
0: the biggest thing is you kind of have to portray yourself, not necessarily portray yourself, but there are certain things that you should hold back. And one of them is political. Second is, like, religious. And it's like, those are the two things you never mention at dinner tables. And it's something that you shouldn't mention in social media either. Because one day it's going to come back and bite you, you know? I and totally it's, agree. You never know if tomorrow you're going to blow up and be the number one actor in the world. And everyone's going to, you know, someone's going to scroll through your Facebook and find back something. Back when you posted in yeah. 2007
1: when you were yeah. really so upset. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> if you
0: don't mention at the dinner table, you shouldn't mention it on Facebook. Or in an interview. Never. Well, I mean, interviews are almost (laughs) given. Like, I don't think you should. No, even if they
1: they ask, I think you can bob and weave a little bit. Like, Uh if they ask something that's kind of connotated to, like, a a really hot topic or or a worldview or something like that, I think you can bob and weave. I think that's okay, right? I mean, if somebody – if you ask them a question that kind of does back them into a corner and they maybe just try to inadvertently answer it and get around it, um, does that – come off as being indirect, like they don't want to answer your question? Or is it better for them to answer it head on no matter what you ask them?
2: Well, this brings up something else that I think is also important, is that when you are in the interview, you are meeting with someone who is a representative of that company. And if that person is asking you questions that make you feel uncomfortable, or kind of put you on the spot, and that you think might be kind of asking you questions that go beyond what they need to know about whether or not you're a good fit with that company and and you're just uncomfortable about it, yeah. then that could be a, a sign that, that, maybe that maybe that company is not a good fit for you. And that um, if you're already feeling uncomfortable with the recruiter or with the interviewer, then that should be kind of a red flag for you.
1: Yeah, they should never even ask you things that connotate to your political or religious views, right? I mean I say
2: so. Yeah, well especially re religious views because religion is a protected class under okay. the civil rights title VII of the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four. And so then any kind of any kind of interview question that kind of starts uh um what's the word I'm looking for? Encroaching on your protected class status. Mm-hmm. Like if they're talking about your age, if you're if you are an older person or going in, yeah. or your health or anything like that, then that's a, a sign that they haven't done their homework yeah
1: too. it should feel weird it should feel like i know that law do you not know that law like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I,
2: but I wouldn't test them or you know like, no 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 <laughs> just um
1: maybe um internally you'd be thinking that like that was kind of a weird question maybe it's not a good fit because um, i think some people don't know that i think before you take um a few of the management classes that we've taken at this point. Um, I've learned so much about the laws and, and things that never would feel right, but you never really knew that there was legislation for that for you. And then you kind of learn, like, oh, like, there are barriers for that. Like, it doesn't just feel weird. Like, it's an actual law. Like, <laughs> there are things that protect you as an employee, for sure, um, when you get past that point.
2: Or even as someone who's being – who is who's applying for that job, too. Yeah. So, because – uh, those Equal Employment Opportunity Laws mm-hmm. apply to all employment-related decisions, and that can include protections for people applying for those jobs, too. Right. So.
0: Well, with that then. <laughs> no, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> should, should, like, a student take any job that, that is offered to them then? Because, you know, like, there are some jobs, like, you know, as we went over in our management class, there are some companies that do scandals. Well, one of the questions they they might bring up is, you know, would are you, you a whistleblower? <laughs> no, or, or like, would you tell on this employee if this employee committed a certain crime? Oh, they might put some ethical right? questions on well, that. Well, yeah, that are I tricky. mean, I'll, a lot of questions actually that I'm faced with in interviews are a lot of ethical questions. Yeah, and
2: and uh, and those are called situational interview questions, right. where where um, where the interviewer will kind of give you some sort of like hypothetical situation that I've might had that, that so might pop up on your uh, job. Yeah. And then they say, oh, and how would you deal with that? You know, how would you approach that situation? The fifth. No, they they, they, the fifth. they <laughs>
1: obviously have a certain answer in mind, right? And it's not always what you think. You might think that they want you to say, I would do the right thing and um, tattle on them. But they might actually be thinking, um, have a loyalty to your team and, you know, don't say anything.
2: Well, It's and, weird. Yeah, and and you can't read their minds. Yeah. And... And, th- and the answer that they're going to be looking for or thinking that they are, are looking for is going to be shaped a lot by their, by their company's culture and by what they are and by what their goals are within that interview situation. Right. And so, um, where's he going with this? So. <laughs> <laughs> time, I, I literally was.
1: just did that a minute ago. Like, I ended my sentence so different before. Yeah, yeah. And
2: so, um, and so you should give the best answer that you can and that what, they are, what they're mostly looking for is your judgment and how you go about deciding like what course of action you should take. So basically they're, they're kind of looking for your values and how you would react to situations or how you say you would, because we never know how we're gonna react in a situation. Right. And, um, but they're kind of just looking for like your judgment like, they're trying to find out, like, how you approach things.
1: What your thought process is when what you your, get faced with something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so um, in, the, in the past, some bad answers I've given were, like, um, why would I ask my supervisor first?
1: <laughs> or, no, I think that's actually, that can be a good answer. If that's, yeah. there's some, I think there's companies looking for that. They're like, don't go to the manager, go to the supervisor, then go to the manager, then go to this. That's the right answer. Like that's the right chain of command. I think there's value in that. I don't think you totally messed that up. (laughs) No, I felt like I had Did they give you a weird reaction to that answer that made you feel like it was the wrong way to go?
2: (laughs) Kind of like a minor eye roll, I would say, or like a. (sighs) Like they thought you were being
1: too like, like kind of a kiss ass, like like it was too perfect of an answer, like really textbook.
2: Or maybe too cautious. Yeah, or that, um, or that you know they were looking for someone that could handle situations or kind of wrangle situations a little bit more pro proactively than I was like up for right. at, that, at the time right. of my life. Well, it yeah. definitely de-
0: depends on the situation too, because I mean if if they gave you the situation for say if I gave you a wrong form, what would you do? I'll go to the supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like why? I mean, just go get the new form, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it varies. I mean, everything is is based on the situation in what you're presented. Um, the, the, the reason I say that is because there's sometimes, or the, the, the reason I presented the question is because now you hear so many company scandals, like, you know, with the recent Wolf Fargo and the previous Enron and everything. Goldman Sachs. Well, the, Goldman one, Sachs the one and, that Noon and I did a yeah, project but on but then, last like, semester. Where do you draw the line of, yes, I want to work for you, even though you've committed so many scandals? Or, yes, I'm, like, I mean, I don't think anyone in the right mind state of mind should be like, yes, I'm willing to commit this crime. No. You know, I, I don't not. think anyone ever does that. They're usually pressured into it. Um, and, very, very
1: incrementally and so, pressured into So would into you
0: recommend it. for a student to put the, themselves in that situation? I mean, obviously you're going to say no, but... Well, if
2: the fallout from the scandal is such that you think that the company might not be a going concern in a year or two, right? and you're concerned about the uh, that company still being a business, uh, then I would kind of steer clear of it okay but um,
1: depends on if the culture's actually changed right if they've actually learned anything from that yeah
2: and also they might be more interested in bringing in new blood and people with new people ideas people different than yeah <laughs> people that are different than predicament
1: that... they just found themselves in yeah and right.
2: so and so that might actually be a good opportunity if you kind of think about it on like the Gen from the, the flip side so like for me personally um, when I saw that uh, that Chipotle had was in trouble for, like, people getting sick in their restaurants, then my thinking is that, like, oh, that's probably the cleanest restaurant there is right for the next, like, six to eight weeks.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're really Cause they're bulking the mic- up right now. Yeah, because yeah. right.
2: they are under the – because the now microscope. they're under the microscope. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same way with companies that, that have kind of faced a very large scandal is that um is that now they're under the microscope and oh, everything yeah. that they're going to be doing is going to be highly scrutinized. And so that's – and so um, I – Personally, would seriously consider taking a job with a company. Right. Yeah, uh, especially if it if you feel like or it seems like they're taking the right steps. Right. So like right now, Uber, they're still not really. I, I,
0: don't I really would like to like see Uber come back. Made, I don't think they have made any like corrections so far. Yeah, it's, I'd like it's, to it's see them come their back. Because CEO is like, it's my way or the highway. He's gone actually. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen that. So wow. So yeah. it might be
1: good. The, the sexual harassment, uh, for the people who haven't uh, read any literature on this, um, or I should just say an article, um, a lot of sexual harassment scandals, right, is mm-hmm. what was going on with Uber. And it, I feel like they, from what I've read, they tried to just kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, I would like to see them come back. I think they have a great concept for their business. I think it's totally applicable to young people and old people. Everyone needs a ride home sometimes. I think that's why Lyft, uh, spelt with a Y, if you look for that app, does really well. I've Lyft myself. Um, I think they have a great business strategy if they can just find a way for human resources and management to really get buckled down. I'd like to see them come back.
2: Yeah, I don't recall... Uh, Who I saw saying this, but um, there's a great interview, I think it was on um, MSNBC, or maybe it was on uh, Bloomberg, but uh, where they asked this one kind of scandal expert what he thought about what was going on at Uber, and he said it was baby company problems, and that they were acting like a baby company when they have 11,000 employees, not to mention all their different drivers and everything. Yeah, and that and that they were a company acting like a baby company, and wow. that and and that they had not grown or professionalized their human resource management function to the point that it would be able to
0: Thrive. effectively
2: handle any of those situations that popped up, and also to make sure that that it didn't become entrenched so much, or to the point which it which it had. But um, the initial blog posting. By a woman engineer, I can't recall her name, but uh, one of my uh, good friends who um, uh, works in the Bay Area knows her very knows her very well, and says she's one of the most professional, uh, honest people that he's ever met. So if you ever hear anybody uh, talking about her negatively, trying to kind of downplay what she wrote, I just wanted to throw that out there that it's. Uh, One of the people that I trust the most says that he trusts her more than most people that he's met and says she's one of the smartest, most hardest working professional people he's ever met. And has she spoken
1: out yet and done any um, written anything of her own on this issue or is she kind of I haven't I guess I'll have to look up her name and see if I can find anything.
2: uh, To be honest, I actually haven't looked at it recently.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they'll come back and change management. I think if if you're thinking of applying somewhere that did recently have a scandal, I think it can go one of two ways. They've either really learned their lesson and they've become incredibly structured and they treat their employees better than they ever have because, like you said, they're really watching themselves um, from the SEC or wherever they were having issues and then there's the other way which is kind of what i feel like uber's doing which is where um they do the worst thing you can do and do uh very little to nothing mm-hmm. and that really says something to employees and i think if they haven't already they're going to lose employees over that because i think people are going to say this is how you treat us like we're we're out you know
2: and actually three three um essentially it wasn't planning on talking about uber but uh no, that's okay <laughs> <laughs> about three weeks back uh the chief executive officer was basically forced out by two or three of his top investors wow and people that had given the company billions of dollars right and uh he is still on the board and he still has a a majority of the votes but but he was pushed out of uh, being the chief executive officer I don't recall who replaced him but that was a major change that happened
1: that's a that's huge a opportunity yeah. for them to find someone else to do things completely different from the bottom up. Uh, I think that's, they, should, yeah, they plus, should definitely look yeah, into that.
2: Plus they have Eric Holder doing like an internal audit or something like that. So, <laughs> the former uh, attorney general. So Really? Yeah so, yeah. so they definitely brought in like some big guns to
0: try to fix it.
1: Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good sign that they're... They're actually doing something in to Because of the scandal,
0: though, I think Lyft is making a killing right now, literally. Lyft is making a killing right now. I think they're right like, double since the scandal, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, when you go to download an app, um, you can see some statistics on the app, uh, how many people have downloaded it, how many users have given it good ratings, and you can actually read reviews. Uh, Lyft has uh, more users right now well, and better feel like reviews right Lyft now. Lyft
0: literally took everything that Uber did wrong and reversed it on their side, so... Yeah. they are the ideal company of what uber should be right now which which is great on this part like their management was on point for that there's but.
1: another one too right there's uber there's lyft and isn't there one other one that i'm missing i don't
0: know i think those are the, those two, are the main two really big ones right the, the main two apps that's going if i remember right i think majority of like you know getting cab fares is either you're taking the cab uber or lyft
1: Lyft is so um, fast, you yeah. guys. I have <laughs> I have called for a Lyft ride, and what they do is they find whoever's already in your area versus you call a cab company and they leave from the cab uh, wherever they're stationed. Um, the thing with Lyft is they're like, oh, this person's in your area. We've already texted them to come get you. They'll be there in three minutes. Like, I never use Lyft unless I'm ready to be picked up right that second. Like. Right it's so fast. I, I think that it's
0: nice and convenient. It feels like you're at the airport everywhere. you're. Doing. Yeah.
1: People are going to keep using <laughs> so you're at the it.
0: restaurants like, Oh, there's a lift around the corner. Let's go. <laughs> no, really. And yeah, you can see cool. a little
1: map of where they are. You're like, this is the coolest app. Like, yeah. how did I not know about this? Like right. I totally opened my eyes to it, but um <laughs> getting back on track. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think there's definitely value in applying somewhere and doing an interview with someone who has recently gotten out of a scandal. Um, because I think they can be a really good hiring manager for you or a mentor for you if, yeah, they're, if they're working things through the best way. Uh, anything you want to add to that, new?
0: Not really. Any last tips you want to give, Dr. Brashaw?
2: Well, uh, basically, as I said uh, at the beginning, uh, make sure you do your homework. Uh, chill, because you already have your foot in the door and that you're already ahead of the game if you've gotten an interview. And uh, make sure that you wrestle it really well the night before the night before. And make sure that you're ready to, to, to answer questions that are situational and uh, a couple other questions that, um, you know. And also do a, do a Google search for um, just a basic one for interviewing techniques or help me with my interview or something like uh, that. And, and usually you'll, you'll be able to find like a good 10 questions that, that you can kind of practice on. And, but make sure that you tailor them for the job and the company that you are applying for. Nice.
1: Totally. And and make sure that it's a good fit, not just a good fit f- that you're a good fit for them, but that they're a good fit for you. Uh, make sure that they definitely check the boxes for you as somewhere that you can really uh, make uh, some professional ground with and improve.
0: Perfect. And actually, one last thing I want to add. For anyone who's listening, who's a freshman, sophomore, who's a little bit scared of talking to people, I think you should take your time and be personable, get out of your comfort zone, start talking to random people, um, and learning to be personable, because that's gonna you know, take you through many, many things. Communicating is the key to life, I would say. That'll think.
1: get you through a lot of yeah, interviews. Yeah, and
0: that yeah. will get you, not only in the door, but land you a job, just, just being personable and knowing how to communicate, and knowing how to say the right things at the right time. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a little bit shy, get out of that comfort zone. If it makes you uncomfortable, you're doing something right, so. That's yeah.
1: a perfect way to, to summarize know. it
0: now.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, just like working out. Like, if yep. you're if you're not struggling, and you're not feeling the burn, then you need to work a little harder about getting <laughs> out of your comfort right. zone. And exactly. for me personally, I'm very much an introvert, and I'm also a person who stutters. And so for me, like, teaching and getting out there is like something that I do personally, uh, just so I can, um, get out of my comfort zone and get used to talking with people and get better at it. And so I'm always trying to improve, like, nice. even still. And right. so it's it's basically a lifelong process. Perfect.
1: It always should be. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bradshaw, for coming in today. We're Really You're lucked out welcome. with having you here. Um, we'll see you guys next week um, and next week on The College Blend. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much, guys.